Greetings and salutations and welcome to Recasted, the podcast that has predicted the future and knows that these movies will be remade. Kind of messed that up, but whatever. <laughs> They'll be remade at some point. <clears throat> Tech Noir is the name of the month's theme. And if you're having difficult n- difficulty knowing what that is, see, I really need to go to sleep. <laughs> <sighs> Just imagine a detective movie, but with really cool gadgets. I'm going to get through this. It's going to be fine. Uh, the fusion of technology and good old-fashioned detective work is what we do here at Recasted. We just can't speak. Uh, so looking for all of the clues is the man, Hassa. Hello. The lady with visions is Danielle. Hi. And going through the legal system himself is Chris. Myself. Yay. This is not going to be a great episode. <laughs> you can already tell. Ah, okay, we, we got this. Our second movie dives deep into the philosophical questions of should you arrest someone if you know that they might commit a crime, but haven't yet? It's free will versus predestination. Predestination? Predetermination? One yeah. of the two. One of the two. Or why didn't they just hold Tom Cruise for a couple of days and then he wouldn't have killed anybody and everything would have been fine? They could oh technically man, do that for totally everybody. you're totally right. Anyways, here's our recasting of Minority Report. <laughs> technically, they could do that for everybody. Technically. Like, just be like, hey, cool, you didn't do it. Here hey, you go. Hey, Tom Cruise, in three days, you're going to murder somebody. So for four days, we're just going to put you in this room in the hotel and keep you monitored. Yeah. And you would never have done anything, and no one would care. Life goes on. If only. Plot hole. Plot hole. There's plot holes in every movie. I yeah. know. Minority report. Because, like, even if you could, like, look into the future and see if someone was going to do a crime, just stopping them from doing the crime means they don't do the crime, therefore, they don't have to go to jail for it. The fact that they were jailing people for doing crimes they weren't committing does not make sense. So there's a couple of... Yeah, no. That made no sense. And the fact they just kind of, like... Halo them and then put yeah. them in jail. They don't even, like... But not even, like, jail. Like, they just kind of put them in, like, comas and, like, yeah. there you go. But... It made no sense. And then, yeah, the ones where it's like they've pre- premeditated the murder. They get it a couple of days out. But, like, the murders of, what is it? Not motion. Um, murders of passion. Crimes of passion. Where it's like, we got five yeah. minutes to figure this out. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's kind of hard. Like, how do you arrest somebody if they never actually committed it? Because, mm-hmm. as they say in the movie, thinking about killing your boss... Mm-hmm. Isn't yeah. killing your boss, uh, yeah, but that but one yeah, guy who doesn't do that, right? That mm-hmm. one guy goes to the VR place and is like, "I want to kill my boss." Yeah, but then the thing is, like, they go, "Well, it ha- it's all about intent, right?" Like, yeah. If you really intend to do it, but then if you really intend to do it, you're still not. They're still stopping you from doing it, mm-hmm. right? Like they do this all the time. Like, yeah, but if if we... say say you're super depressed and you want to jump off a building, if yeah. someone stops you from doing that, you intended to jump off that building, but someone stops you. Yeah, like. <laughs> and that's the thing because we do still put away people for attempted murder True. right which is what i feel like this would be more in relation to mm-hmm. but then yeah like how does they don't explain the whole jailing system like are they being <laughs> rehabilitated or are they just but we the shaved is, your head stuck you in this tube and good luck but the thing is if you have that kind of irrefutable evidence mm-hmm. trials would be pretty quick right like we literally watched you do this so therefore <laughs> Well, there was I'll a th- recording. I'll, I'll talk about it in my changes, but one of the things I want to talk about is how they got to this point. Yeah. And one of the things I was going to suggest is that... Like, didn't like drug addict babies? No, no. I mean, how they got to that, like, legal system. Oh, okay. How they 
pretty much pretty much put all their faith into the precogs. Mm-hmm. And basically, I want it to be they saw all these murders. The police would go to this place without breaking in, wait for the time, and then go in and see it actually happened. Mm. And be like, we could have prevented this. This is why we need to do this. Mm. Right? Because it it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of a weird one. But yes, I got some changes for this movie. Well, but we'll get to that later. We should hear impressions. Danielle is only here for a little yeah, bit. So. I know. Sorry. I'm only here to tell you what I think of the movie. What did you think of, of this movie? Steven well, Spielberg movie. Well, yeah. this is my second time seeing it. And the first time I saw it, I don't... I was a teenager, but I remember it being a, a much serious film. Like, much mm-hmm. more serious. And, like, dramatic and all that. And we're watching it again. I'm like, this movie is so cheesy and campy. And the music does not help with that. And then I'm like, I'm like, it sounds like action-adventure and stuff. And then Hass is like, it sounds kind of like John Williams. I'm like, is it John Williams? Look it up. It's, it's John Williams. John. Mm-hmm. No wonder. So even if the music was different, it probably would have changed it. But the thing was, it's not like, John Williams does amazing stuff. It was just the fact that this was more like, this is Indiana Jones, John Williams, and they did not need Indiana no. Jones, oh, John I know. Williams. They needed more of a cyberpunk yeah. feel. Okay. Bye, Danielle. Bye, Danielle. Thank you. <laughs> we'll hear from you later. Um, yeah. What'd you think? I, I always enjoyed this movie. I think I didn't notice the campy nature of the music until Danielle pointed it out, and then I could not see it. Um, or I guess hear it. Um, but yeah, I, I always enjoy this movie. I think it's a good movie. I didn't notice until this time how unbelievably washed out the lighting is in this film and how annoying it was. There was a reason for that. It was something about they bleached it or they did something. And it seemed like it was getting worse and worse the how the movie went on. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, like the scene at the very end after he's kidnapped Agatha and he's back at his mm-hmm. ex-wife's house and they're like walking on the dock and it's just like the sky doesn't exist anymore. It's just yeah. like a light box. And you're like, what is going on? Why it's would they decide so, to do this? It's so bright. Um, so, like, unless, like, mm. unless you explain that that was how the world was supposed to be because the sun mm. was brighter or the ozone layer was gone or whatever, whatever, whatever. But, like, yeah, it just, it was so oversaturated with light and it kind of bothered me near the, mm. like, the last hour of the film. But other than that, I think the action in this movie is amazingly well done. I absolutely love the scene where the spider bots are coming through, searching that one floor, mm-hmm. and it's the top-down shot, and it's yeah. just like it's continuous. It's like almost the floor plan. Yeah, and it's so well done. And, and people are fighting, and then they stop, and yeah. they like, continue fighting. Yeah. It's so. like, oh, this happens all the time. Yeah, which sucks. <laughs> but that's what you get for living in a... Mm-hmm in the shitty part of a dystopian or, or of a utopian society because it's always the shitty parts yeah. um so what did you think uh, i you know i remember watching this movie and it was you know way back in the day and you know i remember parts of this movie really well um the bathtub scene i always remember mm-hmm. um the car scene although i noticed this time around i don't know if you noticed so he kicks out the window of his car his car then, and he gets out. His car then goes down. Mm-hmm. He then stands on his window. I know. I noticed that. And I was like, wait a minute. And I was, I had to watch it a couple times. I'm like, is it, is that, that the window he kicked out? How yeah. is he? It is. So that bugged me. Um, I'm, we won't talk about Tom Cruise's teeth. <laughs> We've talked about that before. You're still the only person who <laughs> notices know, that so, so vividly. Um, I, for some reason, rewatching this, I didn't remember... I didn't remember his ex-wife. I don't know why. 
I was like, oh, yeah, he has an ex-wife. And I'm like, oh, isn't she dead? And then I'm like, oh, no, she's back. And then I totally forgot they get back together at the end. Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, okay. Um, I think that's dumb. I think, um, yeah, there I is. think I would change it. Because, like, you know, I got a obviously bit more me and Danielle have never lost a child no. in such a terrible way. But, um, but they, but, like, I don't see... I don't see people like granted limited experience. Obviously this, this probably does happen, but like that kind of trauma, then that many years apart, Mm -hmm. like I, I would be, I would be hard pressed personally. He was was also back to that person. He was also an addict. Yeah. And that they just were like, Oh no, he's fine now. Um, yes. And I agree. And that's the other problem I kind of have with this is they didn't really, they never really suggest if, his son is dead like that that's yeah. kind of the hard thing like they just said that he he went missing we we're presuming he's dead mm-hmm. but then there's that one scene where he's with leo crow yeah and he's like is he alive like is he still around and then leo's like no i put yeah, him in leo a barrel was just hired right? but leo was it, hired to make up a story the, the theme the theme the theme the scene later with agatha where she's describing what he could have been Yes. Um, and then how there was so much love in the house, she should have been like, yeah, he's he's lying in a field. Yeah. You know, just outside of Baltimore. Well, he's like, probably in the garbage heap. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, No, I know. And that, that was kind of a bit of a, a yeah. stickler for me. But otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed the film. Yeah. There are definitely weird plot points of this film. And I picked them out a lot more this time because like i said in my intro one of the things that really bugged me about this was the fact that it's like he comes up and he immediately freaks out and runs away where it's like hey guys i've come up but let's sort this out because i'm the deputy or the chief oh you mean at the end there no at the beginning when his ball comes up as he's the perpetrator going to kill crow yeah and he like freaks out and the one guy's like i give you two minutes before i call the alarm and you're like why would you not be like okay call everybody in guys this is what's gonna happen we're not gonna let this one happen we're gonna put me in this office with you all until after this date yeah but see that's not how the system works but okay (laughs) do you want your head officer to be going to jail no of course not but again as i said like that's not how the system works the system works like the moment they see that they Hmm. would just be arresting him and putting him and putting him in the halo right because that's how they do it. I guess, but then... Yeah. And he knows full well. He knows full well. Do, you know. But I feel like because... Um, Where is she? Oh, it's her Zoom. Okay. What, what's his name? Um, oh, my goodness. What is his name? Anderton? Uh, nope. Burgess. The director. Max von Sydow? Yeah. Lamar. His name's <laughs> Lamar. But I feel like he would have been like, oh, no, we're going to... Yeah, we're going to keep you... Uh, of course, he's the big turnaround at the end he's the bad guy but mm. it's like no no we're gonna keep you safe and not let this happen mm. and we're just but gonna you delete, get delete the, the footage then you wouldn't get in the chase movie i know <laughs> like if people were reasonable then you wouldn't get movies chris <laughs> yes we would i guess i guess you don't really need me anymore do you we've moved on you moved on thanks <laughs> do you want to hear some fun facts I do love fun facts. I'll save for the fun facts. Fun facts with Chris. Let's hopefully I can get through these because, man, I can't speak very well. 
<clears throat> okay. From the very beginning, Steven Spielberg wanted Greta, Dr. Eddie's assistant, to sing something by ABBA. But uh, Peter Stormare, Stormare? Stormare? Stormare. Stormare. Suggested that she should sing something else to make the scene more absurd. The Swedish children's song, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, it's called The Small Frog in English, was chosen by Stomare. The song is usually sung on Midsummer's Eve parties in Sweden. Hmm. That was the assistant. I um, hated that whole scene. We'll yeah, talk about a, that when we do one. talk about changes. Uh, Spielberg hired the top 12 contortionists from around the world to do the futuristic yoga class scene. Only Spielberg would get the top 12 to show up for like 10 <laughs> seconds. 10 seconds when he bursts through a window. Yeah. She didn't chew on anything over there. Just uh, the scene where Lois Smith, uh, Dr. Iris Hinneman, kisses Tom Cruise was not scripted, and Tom Cruise's reaction is a genuine surprise. Hmm. That old lady that kissed him. I talked about that. I'm like, it's so weird that yeah. she does this. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I think. I was like, I think she just really wanted to kiss Tom Cruise. And when is she, she ever going to get to? <laughs> this so, was my chance, it. and she took it, and you know what? It, yeah. it worked. Why not? Good old sexual assault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't blink an eye, though. Like, he's no. just like, whatever. He, he rolled he's with a it. professional. Yeah. He's like, okay. Tom Cruise. <laughs> so this opened the same weekend as Disney's Lilo and Stitch, which actually sold more tickets. However, because the bulk of those tickets were for children and at half price, Minority Report was able to claim the number one spot at the box office. Weird. Yep. All right. Time for a cameo. Cameron Crowe. Did you pick Cameron Crowe out? No, because no one knows what Cameron Crowe looks like. Cameron Crowe is the Tom Cruise's director from Jerry Maguire and Vanilla Skies, appears as a commuter on the train who looks at Anderton over the top of his newspaper and recognizes him. Hmm. In the same shot, who is behind him? Oh. Any guesses? No. Nobody knows because it's uncredited, but it was confirmed. In the same shot, the blonde woman sitting behind him is Cameron Diaz. What? Yeah. She is actually in this movie. What the? Why? I did not notice that. Because they did a movie reasons. together. Yeah, but not till years later. I know. <laughs> but it's just weird that Cameron Diaz shows up. Okay, lastly, in the scene where John kidnaps Agatha, Danny Whitwer, Whitwer? Yeah. Colin Farrell's character, asks, how much time do we have till the murder is committed? A pre-crime officer responds, 51 minutes, 30 seconds. This is exactly how much time remains until the end of the movie. So the Gotta love sometimes roll. when people do that. And it's like, that's nice. It's a nice <laughs> touch. Because it's like, it's always noticeable. And it's like, okay, we have 10 seconds before the bomb explodes. 45 seconds later. Yeah. We have five seconds. <laughs> what? <laughs> what happens to the time? No, that was a good one. And one random one that's not in my fun facts, but I only oh. found out. Jim Rash was in this movie. The yeah. guy from Community. Oh. Where was he? Yeah, apparently yeah. he was one of the accountants or he was something. Yeah. It was just weird because it's like, I don't usually see him in things. And he That's just kind of showed up. Yeah. But he was in this movie. Yeah. And those weird. were my fun facts. All right. Okay. Random right. people in this movie. Yeah. Well, it was kind of a weird movie. It was fun watching it again. Just didn't realize how cheesy it was. Hmm. Yeah, it was a little weird. Yeah. And gross eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Second second plot point that really bugs me. Oh. So, you're com you're not convicted, but you're going to commit a murder. You were the pre-crime officer. You're going to commit a murder. <laughs> you know this. You're on the run. Why does your eyes still open 
super high security areas. And you switched out your eyes, right? No, no. He had his old eyes. He kept oh, yeah, them. That's he right, used that's his right. old eyes to get back into get Agatha. Did he still have access? Probably because they wouldn't have thought he would come back, so there'd be no reason to wipe his access. They were probably too. No, no. I'm, I'm serious. There were probably there was probably too <laughs> much time trying to chase him down to yeah, go into actually. the computer system and wipe his access. I, Although that should I, have been the first thing they done. That's hmm? that's my point. He had at least twelve hours. He wasn't there because that's how long he had to wait True. for the eyes to work. I guess heal heal. He had twelve hours, so we give it like an hour for the operation. Some time after, like he would have probably been out for a full day since they mm-hmm. they knew. There's no reason he should have still had access to get into the most secure spot of the pre-crime area. Unless somebody was trying to help him. Mm-hmm. It just it bugs me when stuff like that happens. We're like, oh, we'll get in. Well, did you, do I you still also, have do access. You also, do you also Nick remember like, when they first, when they went there with, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, I think I will go now. Okay. Colin Farrell's character, whatever the hell is uh, name Danny is. Whitmer. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to Oh, stay. where he doesn't have access and then. Yeah, no one else has access until Tom Cruise comes in. Because yeah, I think Tom Cruise. He's the and, chief. And the other guy are the only two people who have access to that um, room. Wally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which which means that which is more more of a reason that they would never have even thought to erase his access to that one door. But no no, I get your point. I'm just it, trying to it, justify the movie. It's reason. one of those things like I even had the I had that same problem in Captain America with Fury. Where Except it's like with that one. That it's one, a completely different eye. It's probably under a different thing. He did that on purpose so that he would... Yeah, he probably hid it, yeah. which made sense. But I was still like, how did they keep your your data in the file and not, like, deny access? Yeah. Anyways. Hey, Frank Grillo was in this. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly my point. <laughs> There's a lot of random people that just kind of show up. Yeah. Okay. Um... Yeah, there's like a, a bunch of people that just kind of like, yeah, Frank Grillo was a pre-crime cop. Yeah, Jim Rash, technician. Yeah, he was a technician. Like, just people that I've recognized, and I'm like, what? He was in this? Um, yeah. Okay. Good um, times. Okay, what are you changing? <sighs> okay. Wow, this is going to take some time. So, I already started it off. I want... I want an explanation, not an explanation. I want the opening to be more about how they started this. So they had the precogs. They started seeing visions. They they found out their murders. Not just an explanation from the old lady? No, I don't want that. I want like the actual setup of being like, they found out. So what they decided to do, this company decided like, yeah, exactly what they did. They were whatever agency of the government, if we want to go that way. They set it up that, you know. They start monitoring it, and they figure out that, yes, these murders are happening exactly as the precogs are seeing it. Mm -hmm. So that's the justification. Because they talk about how there hasn't been a murder in the city in five years. And I was like, shit. Which leads me to the big change at the end, which is they don't shut down the precog system. They suspend it. They talk about suspending it. This is going to be a dystopian ending here. They talk about suspending it, but then it's a public outcry because you went five years without a murder. 
they suspend the pre-crime program and suddenly murder spikes again and they go we need it back yeah but the thing is they're enslaving three people that's why it's a dystopian ending doesn't sound great, man. So your ending is instead of them, you know, happy in a cabin somewhere, they get, they're getting dragged back to pre-crime? Be honest. Their will. Let's, no, no, I know. Be honest. Yeah. If the government had people that could see the future, they would not let them go live on a farm. My, my biggest question was, like, how are they going to take it national? Was it still going to be just the three? That's what I was trying to figure out, Because that's insane. My my feeling is they must have had more going. Yeah. Um, couple other changes that I'm making. <sighs> the Lamar stuff. I I kind of want to make um, Doctor Iris the the female mm-hmm. more a part of the whole like fixing the system, not fixing it in terms of like making it better, but fixing the murder so that they could commit murder. Mm-hmm. And knowing about it and then having regret, and that's why she secludes herself. Because um, it just it doesn't make sense to me that... Why would he try to get away with it by doing it himself? It's mm, a good point. It would make more sense if she was trying to do it and she asked him to do it. Hmm. Right? And then it would make sense why he would be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I want to make it more as well that she, like Dr. Iris... Does it because Anna Lively wants her daughter back mm-hmm. and goes, we can't give her up. Yeah, right? give she's, up. The, she's the key. She's the key. She's the strongest of them all. Mm-hmm. So that's why they conspire to get rid of her. Yeah. Um, what was the other changes I was going to make? I'd like to see more of, I guess, more of that kind of, I'm going to call it, you're going to laugh at it, the next scene. You remember the movie Next with Nicolas oh, Cage? yes. Where Agatha's that. going through and being like, no, I, stop. I actually thought that too. I want to see more of that because I want her to be more of like she's like, – because she says it. She, is this the present? Is this the now? Yeah. I, I personally think – and one of the changes I'm making since you're bringing this up is mm. I want her to be with him for more of the movie. Yes. I think that should be more – like more of it. Um, I think he should get her out as she as he runs. Right. I so, think he should, but I also don't want them incapacitated. But that's a part of my change. You go. Keep yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna keep it somewhat, but I don't want them to be like just vegetables in water, right? Like I want them to be moving around at some point, or just being like, yeah, but they're so out of it. And you can have Wally being like, oh, we're pumping them full of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Just so they aren't really aware of what's around them, because they can't be too aware. Of the present, otherwise they get influence, which is why when she's running around through everything and grabs the one lady and says, he knows, don't go home. Like, shit like that. Mm-hmm. I want to see more of. Um, no, I don't want the ex-wife and them getting back together at the end. We kind of talked about that. This um, doesn't make sense. No. And I... But the thing is, like, you can wrap a happy ending around this just by having them, having them bury their son. Yeah, having found it. Like, like having that, the closure can, and being like, okay, we're good. Yeah. Well, like, not that we're good. They yeah, buried but their like son. They, they, can, they can be standing there next to his, gra- next to his grave. Mm-hmm. He puts his arm around her. They smile. They mm-hmm. walk to different cars. Yeah. And then you know they're not back together, but you know they have somewhat closure of their, of their son's death. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the narration, if you wanted to keep it that way. Yeah. Agatha helped us find yeah. Sean. Sean. 
Yeah. Right? Sure. And we were able to give him a proper burial. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the last thing for me is just the, not so much the change, but like the fact that Lamar goes after Anderton because he knows that, you know, he's this guy that understands why the precogs and the mm-hmm. pre-crime division works. I love works. the dichotomy of that scene. It's like, well, you could murder me. Yeah. And prove your system right. Or... or... <laughs> You could you could not falter. and prove your system wrong, <laughs> but then he did the third option, which wasn't an option, which is she shot himself, mm-hmm. which proved both of them wrong. Yeah, <laughs> right. But like that was the whole point was yeah. that everybody had a choice, you know. But yeah, I want them to be really on. Um, Imagine how much money they had to pay in yeah. in, re- in reimbursements or not reimbursements, but. Um, depends because they could be like attempted murder you served your sentence you're done no but like even they say like they everyone was released from prison with full pardons and stuff or like whatever it was like but like even when they put somebody in prison wrong now like when Mm -hmm. they come out when they finally are able to prove their innocence and come out they they get a shit ton of money for it yeah but that's the thing is they it's not that they prove their innocence it's they got pardoned you can go to jail Spend the time in jail and point. get pardoned. Yeah. It just means it's stricken from I, your record. I, I still think that that's going to be a huge oh, lawsuit yeah. on DC fans. <laughs> but again, that's why I wanted it to end as more of a dystopian, where he's like, "Yeah, we shut it down. We thought it was going well. Crime spiked. Murder rate went up three hundred percent. Exactly. The the general populace got really upset by it and demanded it come back. Mm-hmm. So they brought it back." And that's why I kind of like, I don't want it to, I don't want it to end the happy way it ended in this, which is really sad because it's like, it's great that it ends happy, but tech noir, dystopian future, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't going to, it wouldn't have actually ended that way. Yeah. It would have ended with them being like, no, we're going to keep going and we going to redevelop the precog. And here's 30 of them. We're going across the United States and mm-hmm. up to Canada. <laughs> up to Canada. No one likes Canada. <laughs> oh, what kind of future is this? <laughs> what the, are you changing, by the, the way? future without maple syrup. <gasps> <gasps> Get out. <laughs> My pancakes. So, some of the things I want to change is like, yeah, as I said, I don't want the uh, precogs being... Um, vegetables vegetables i kind of want them i like the i want them to be isolated but i think they just she they should just be isolated in their own room that they can't they can't be they can't be influenced by other people other than wally wally um because of that reason because Mm -hmm. they they don't really control how they see the future it just they just see time as it's happening to them right they're outside of time. Kind it's all of. wibbly wobbly. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So I, I don't want that. I just you know just have a nice clean room. You know they got beds. They got you know have their own little apartment basically that the it's a bed and a people toilet. look over right. Yep. Um. I think because then yeah I want I want I want John to grab Agatha as he's leaving, being like, hey, you're well, my key to figuring this out. Where's my minority report? You know. Um, or, or like at the very least, the first thing he should do is go and get his eyes changed, <laughs> right? Mission report, January, <laughs> December, December. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yes, okay. Um, yeah. So that 
so that he can go back in and have her more of the thing. Because, like, I think she's, I think the relationship that they have is important because they kind of want it to be like this. He then realizes that these are people, not mm-hmm. just tools to be used to solve crime, right? I think we're probably in the same agreement just because you talked about it with the the eye doctor. Mm-hmm. Do you really need him to be gross? Kind of, well, super gross, other than the fact that he's like, I'm going to pump you full of antibiotics, it won't matter. Mm-hmm. But, like, does he really need to be somebody that was like, oh, you put me away, and I learned a bunch of stuff, and here we go. No. I think he just needs to be some random guy, or not random guy, but somebody he knows. Yeah. From the alleyway or whatever like, it was. For me, for me, it's the it's the gross part. Like, he should just be like, he should walk in, and it should be a sterile room, because it's surgery, no matter what. Even backyard surgery, like, they even try harder than that. Like, that was gross. (laughs) But I think it's also supposed to be, like, this is how far in the future we've got where we can do it in here, and we're just, we just have to inject you with, like, this concoction, and you'll be fine. Nothing you're going to get in here is going to... Yeah, but I just don't like the fact that it was gross. Yeah. (laughs) Like, no one would ever keep an apartment like that, let alone a surgery bay. Like, the... food was full of the the fridge was full of moldy food like that doesn't make any sense no like clean the food out anyway um yeah that and then i kind of want to animate this movie i did pick a cast that could be live action or animated it doesn't really matter but i think animated would be fun um because then you can get the freneticness that the action has without like having to really go CGI full on it. Um, what? I'm trying to think. There are some animes, but not ones specifically like where. I mean, there probably are ones where they see futures and I'm try sure to stop is. crimes. But like a lot like the one you're leaning on. Like that's the kind of world I want it to be. It's the best techno noir movie. Right. Um, kind of Ghost in the Shell, that kind of future, like, or Blade Runner, right? Akira. Um, yeah well even that um but it's just just the like because the world like i i think they did a good job but i think their limitations of one obviously the cgi from when did this movie came out 2002 yeah um yeah 2002 the cgi from that mixed with um you know what they could do practically which i think they tried to do a lot but like i just think it'd be easier and be more fun if this was an animated netflix film yeah Right? I, I, Not I, that Netflix is doing a lot of animated things anymore, yeah. considering they're... They're going downhill. Yeah. But um, one of the things, too, that, again, maybe possible plot hole, but maybe not. The fact that he gets pretty much away with a car being built around him. Yeah, I always hated that. Like, that was always... So and then just drives it off the lot. And <laughs> you're like, okay, so it's a self-driving car. It, it does all those things. There's no way he could drive that again. No way, because Lexus would be like, um, "One of our cars just left the lot. Shut it down. <laughs> bring it back in." Yeah. Like, no, I'm just going to manually override it. Like that whole scene is great, and I really love the um, twirling force gun oh, that he has gun. in that one sh- in that one scene. Like. The chore- the choreography of that scene is really really well done. I still do that with my phone every so often because the phones have the clips and yeah. they spin, so I'll always be like, do do do, boom, do 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 do, boom. Oh. And so, like, I don't know if this is the case because obviously they don't explain how the guns work in the movie, but like, for me in my brain in my head canon, that's how you charge it. 
Yeah. And then you shoot, and then that he does like one hundred percent. It's either that or that's how you cock it. But yeah. it's just like, yeah, because it was it's a, such a cool way Except of doing it. It was very um, Men in Black looking gun. Yeah. But then he used a normal. Yeah, they use a normal gun later in the movie. A Beretta, I think, or something like yeah. that. But yeah, I think that those are my biggest changes. I just want the world to be way more like, hey, this is the future. Yeah. Right? Like, apart from the freeway or that, that no one drives on, like, this movie just looked like a really nice city. Yeah, but it also looked way clean. Like, it was like, oh, we have no no murders, so our city is perfect. And you're like, that, yeah. doesn't, that doesn't solve all the problems, though. No. Like, just because you can stop murder doesn't stop robbery and right. theft. And Yeah. And, um... I, I do think that um, I do think that you could have a happy ending to this, but I think it would be more along the lines of, "Hey, we need to relook at how we do the system mm-hmm. instead of completely destroy the system." Um, seeing as mine aren't slaves, mm-hmm. like I think it should be like a, "Hey, you know, we need to figure mm-hmm. out how we can work with them, yeah, and not exactly. force them to work." And I really do like, I really do think that like when they go to that grungy vr bar or whatever yeah. it is and like he bows to the precog and is like yeah. you're like a god i think the outside world should worship them i think they should I, be on billboards i think i think it should be very much like they have that whole intro where the um not intro but like the guy showing the kids and like oh they have their own apartments and their yeah. own yeah I, I heard that and but they do like oh you call it a temple and he's the only and the chief's like yeah we just it's the nickname everyone's like well no they're we kind, kind of our of, priests we kind of are more priests than we are cops and yeah like i did think of one more thing but i'll wait till you're done and like you could easily do that instead of calling him chief chief he could be you know, pastor or um, bishop Anderton, like totally seer. Re- totally lean seer. in. Totally lean into the religiousness of it, because then you can also mm-hmm. have these really cool costume designs of religious cop garb. Um, <laughs> what? Just uh, you know uh, the uh, the turtle? black thing with the with the gold uh, trim, kind of uh, like their the pope's uh, a turtle pope. <laughs> you got a turtle, turtle pope. pope. Yeah, you turtle have pope. the turtle pope. Yeah. Lamar the turtle pope. <laughs> Oh, this would be a great movie now. <laughs> set, set, you know, just called them tarnished. Yeah. Okay. What was your little thing? The one thing, I, and you, you kind of touched on it a little bit, which is what brought it up. Um, one of the changes I wanted to make with this was um, Danny, when he, he gets shot, basically killed by a Lamar. I want them to question that because I want them to be like, yeah, that always bothered. Me. Why did nobody see this? But not only that, but like, because he had the pre, he had Agatha, so Agatha wasn't there to, I guess, power them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's to be like, no, no. See, my problem with that whole scene is, mm-hmm. um, he Gay. takes the evidence from this crime scene yeah. with all of Tom Cruise's buddies at. Mm-hmm. And he goes and shows he goes and shows Lamar, and Lamar shoots him, and they go, "Oh, John did it with his gun. His gun was left at the scene. They know that." <laughs> but he calls Lamar to John's house. Yeah, with nobody else. But he doesn't know John or Lamar is no. But bad. I but I want that to be like when Danny gets killed, for them to be like start to really look at, and that's one of the reasons why. 
I want Fletcher to get um, John out with his wife. Not just his wife goes mm-hmm. to get him out, but I want Fletcher to be like, he didn't kill Danny because we were looking for Agatha and they were way over here. And like that, like I want him to be like, yeah, we like this. It doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a good, that's a good point too. Cause like, I also don't think that they should, they shouldn't think that their friend is going to commit murder. No. The only person who should is the dick. Not, um, not, not. Yeah. yeah, Patrick Kilpatrick, original wow. name. <laughs> um, he should be the only one. Everyone else should be like John wouldn't do this. Yeah, well, like, they should be like, yeah, I know we don't. Because even Fletcher does that kind of thing when he's when he, they court him the first time yeah. with the six sticks, um, which, which is, is always a fun thing to have in movies. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, it's like, hey, don't run. Yeah, <laughs> go on. We can work this. We can, we can, we can this. work this out. Yeah. So, like, but again, like. Part of the problem with the system is the fact that they just immediately, Blindly you're follow. just guilty. Yeah. Like, no matter what, you are guilty. But that's where I want Fletcher to be more of like, I want him to be like, because he's the guy that says we're kind of priests and we're doing mm-hmm. Like, I want him to be following him, but I want him to also be like, no, but I know John. Like, also, mm-hmm. there is, this can sound bad. There is things as justifiable homicide. Not in a situation like this, though. But you don't know. No. You don't know if the precogs are seeing this. No, no, but like... Because they say, like, oh, the precogs don't see theft. They don't see rape. They don't see anything. They just see murder. So yeah. they don't... They see certain events leading up to it, but there could be a chance where it becomes a justifiable. The other end of it is he's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> How do they not know that he was doing something that... Led him to that. Because, again, the way, the nature of what they see is only murder, right? It's only, it's only, the thing is that it's only crimes. But as a cop, is he not, he's yeah. permitted to carry a gun, which mm-hmm. means he would be in he circumstances. He doesn't have a license to kill, though. No, but no cop does. No. But a cop has the right. Ask people in America. I know. I'm <laughs> just saying. But a cop has the right to use his firearm. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that's what I didn't understand. Like, they don't... They don't make it that, like, there's... So, every situation is just... It's... Mm-hmm. But you're telling me there's no cops that were, like, trying to stop a robbery and got fired upon, so they shot back, and because that, they killed? Yeah, but then that, that's in self-defense. But what, what, is that justifiable? That's different. But they would still see it as murder. <laughs> I don't think they would. I still think the whole situation, from what they describe... I know. I I think we're getting at, like... You're getting a little too into the minutiae of things. It just... It's the way it's described as, like, well, they only see a murder. And you're like, but then what defines it? But do they see suicide? Because that is is a a murder I'm intending to do. Which is a very... Can be very violent. Yeah. And impactful. Like, yeah. There's... There's maybe just a part of it where they'd be like, they only for some reason see the murders of passion mm-hmm. or like ones that have been like constantly thought about, um, premeditated. Yeah. Like, but they only see murder. They don't see like death and dying, mm-hmm. like those types of things or self-inflicted for some reason. And they yeah. can't figure out, maybe that's one of the things that like Dr. Iris is like, we could never figure out why it was only this. 
Because it wouldn't take much to put that in there and just be like, for some reason, mm-hmm. it's only this. Mm-hmm. Why? We have no clue. <laughs> we're, we're playing we, with stuff we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. So, shall we talk about Steven? Steven. I actually forgot this was a Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah, I didn't. And I also <laughs> forgot that he did this after AI. Uh, let's see. I believe it was after. Because they talked about how this was delayed oh, no, because he took over AI. Because that was a Kubrick film. It was. Which I really need to rewatch because I feel like I remember seeing it. This was after, but they were in the same year. Ooh. Interesting. Oh, no, sorry. One year after. Catch Me If You Can and Minority Part were in the same year. Oh. God, he is busy. Spielberg? Yeah. He's Spielberg. <laughs> I want to make a movie. Okay, Spiel. What do you want to make? But like, I'm going to make Ready Player One. 97, yeah. Lost World. He, Amist- and and Amistad. 98, Saving Private Ryan. No, Amistad. Oh. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan in 98. 99, mm-hmm. Unfinished Journey. Yeah. Jaws, deleted scenes in 2000. 2001, Artificial Intelligence. 2002, Minority Report. Catch Me If You Can, also in 2002. God, you did both. Um, <laughs> both War of the Worlds and Munich in 2005. Mm. War of the Worlds wasn't great, but whatever. I think it had a good idea, just not a great execution. Yep. Uh, but, yeah. I didn't realize how busy he was. Ah, like, Spielberg. And then, yeah, it just kind of slows down as he gets older. I still think Jurassic Park is his top film. Uh, I won't give it to Schindler's List. I was going to say Schindler's List or Saving Private Ryan for me. Jurassic Park. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to the cast. Da 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 da. So we're gonna start at the bottom with. You're gonna have to go because my list's in a different order. Laura Clark, the character, the ex-wife, the ex-wife, Catherine Morris. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally, I norm, I know we normally do the. Uh, where do we know her where from? Where do we know these things from? But this list is uh, just a mess. MIMDb. <laughs> Um, oh, no, I found her. I, I think <laughs> I could find her. Um, where do we know her from, Chris? Uh, it's hard because I have to actually figure out. Um, you know, I have no idea. Yeah. I think she is not somebody I recognize no, no. from anything. Mindhunters is the only other movie that, in her known movies that I've seen, and she wasn't even a big part in that movie. No. Um, so. Oh, she was in The Last Castle. I don't know what that is. Um, that is a Robert Redford, James Gandolfini movie. Okay. About military, um, like a military prison. Mm. Robert Redford was like a general who gets sent there. Apparently she was in AI, by the way. Okay. She played Teenage Honey. Cool. Okay. All right. Well. Who did you have? Um, I went with, I'm going to mess up the last name, uh, Dominique McElligott. Anyway, she plays Queen Maeve in The Boys. The Wonder Woman Ah. type woman. Okay. I don't like her character in that show. Oh. It's not her. It's not her acting. Well, her acting is okay. Um, I think they gave her bad dialogue. Yes. Her wig is absolutely atrocious. Yes. And it bothers the shit out of me. And either they don't give her enough time or she doesn't want to. To do fight scenes because there's she did one fight scene in the movies in the show so far, 
where she was training, and it was just the worst. It was so poorly done. <laughs> so. But I like her. That's fine. <laughs> I think she'd be good for this. I'm just I'm just saying of what I think of her character in The Boys, not of what she is. And one of the reasons I went for her was because of how, um, in, in The Boys, it basically was the reason I chose her, was because of how crappy she seemed to have her life in mm. that. And she hates being... She hated being the superstar and hated like hiding everything and then being called out. I, I really like the in the second season the storyline the fact that she's gay oh, yeah. and the fact that Homelander is the one who's like no you can't be. Who no, but he also outs her too. Yeah, and like the fact like she just the way she played that like stressed out. <laughs> I thought she'd play really good. And well, I thought this, that was well done. This character, yeah. so that's why I chose her. Okay, who'd you have? I picked Kelly Marie Tran. Oh, okay. Star Wars and stuff like that. Um, Rose. Yeah. yeah. I was about to be like, <laughs> Rose? <laughs> um, but because again... And then they're going to cut her out and make her in the background. <laughs> but again, as I said, like I kind of want this to be animated. So I more picked her for her role in Raya the Last Dragon. Where she played Raya. Uh, I think she did a really good job at that. I really thought that movie was incredibly well done i think the storyline was basic and stuff but like the fight scenes and the way the emotions hit mm. it was really well done for a movie that kind of went under the radar because it came out during covid and people kind of forgot about it well but. it was like one of the first ones where it's like ah, oh, we didn't release it in theaters but we released it on disney plus yeah. and you're like cool i'm gonna watch it mm -hmm. so which i did and it was it was all right it was good yeah anyway didn't that have any one. catchy songs to it, but you know. But it wasn't that kind of movie. I know. Like so. Okay. Next. Doctor Iris Hinnemanimin. Hinnemanimin. Cinnamonimin. Cinnamonimin. Played by an old lady I recognize. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty true. Like Laura Smith is her name. I cannot find her on this stupid planet. Oh wait, I had her. <laughs> Oh, and then I closed the list. Um, she is recognizable, but again, I don't know where, but she did also just like randomly kiss. Uh... Okay. Um, oh, you may have known her as the mother in Twister. Yes, that is exactly where I know her from. She was also in Lady Bird. That's Sister Sarah. Nice guys. It's Mrs. Glenn. She has one of the best lines in Twister. He's, he's, they're having steak and eggs. He goes, where did you get all the steak? And she, did you see the cows out front? No. <gasps> <laughs> oh, I love that part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. She was on True Blood for a while. She's been in a few things. Like, there's a couple things that I've I've seen her face pop up in. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, I think Twister would probably have been yeah the most most notable from her stuff. We She's... should do that movie, Twister. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we could do a natural disaster month. I think we, we talked that about movie. that once. You know. Dante's Peak? Yeah. Dante's Peak? Which one's that? Dante's Peak is the Pierce Brosnan one. Volcano? Volcano's not good, though. No, well, not that neither of them were good movies, but like hmm. Dante's Peak, I think personally, were the better of the two. Yeah. Yeah. Armageddon. Hmm. Deep Impact. I love the hand gesture there, by the way. Okay, who did you have okay. for Dr. Okay, Iris so Hinneman? I am typecasting the shit out of this lady. But if you want a doctor who's got an awesome old lady voice and, you know, is still a really good actress, you go with 
<sighs> Shoshira Agadoshlo. Uh, you know her voice. She's the one from. She's Lakshmi. She's oh yeah, she's the um, the she's Egyptian, Egyptian lady who has just got the most Gosh, remarkable voice. She has got an amazing voice. And it was voice. the the moment you we were. I was like, okay, I'm I'm casting this lady who also has a pretty good voice. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is the woman I want to pick. I know it's typecasty and stuff like that, but looking up her name because yes, but you you recognize yeah, yeah you recognize her voice. Um, she's more recently in the Expanse. Yeah. So. She was in Arcane. Yes, she was. Grayson. She was was the voice of Gozer. Was she? Yeah, for Ghostbusters. She was the voice. (laughs) Well, because she has that kind of. She has that amazing, amazing amazing voice. voice, So, all right, I give I give you that. You know. Thanks. She's that was a good choice. Thanks. I wish I thought of it. Jackass. (laughs) Okay. I went with a very powerful lady that I think would do this role well. Come with Viola Davis. Yes, she would. Yeah. Just having that like kind of what was it in which which Marvel was it in? Her? Which no, she was in Marvel. Fuck. Shoot, sorry. Jesus, man. She, DC. She was DC, right? Yes. Um, was she? I don't know. Why am I getting confused? Are you thinking of... Yes, Suicide Squad. She yeah. was. Amanda Waller. Mm-hmm. But, like, uh, I was like, I have the right person. Like, it was Suicide Squad. Just having that, like, the power mm-hmm. that she kind of brings to it and having the stature of it. But then I want her to be kind of regretful of what they've done, but knows that she had a hand in it. Because, like, that weird garden yeah, where it's like she's just still playing... Let's face it, she's kind of playing God. She's playing with genetics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was just weird. And another thing that occurred to me, when I remember watching it the first time, I always thought she died in that scene for some reason. And then rewatching, I'm like, nope. She's Why still... would you think that? <laughs> well, because I always thought she like got cut by the plant. Yeah. And then she like poisoned herself because she didn't want to deal with... Yeah. But then I was like, I rewatched it. I'm like, huh, I remember this differently. But yes, Viola Davis is a great actress. She is. I like it. Okay, next we have Wally the Caretaker. Wally the Caretaker. Uh, played by uh, Daniel London. Mm-hmm. What is Daniel London known for, Chris? Um, Minority Report. Correct. Uh, Minority Report. Nope. <laughs> and Minority Report. <laughs> uh, he was in Rent. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Patch Adams. Um, okay. And it's kind of a funny story. Ooh. Yeah. He was in two movies about mental illness. <laughs> Dead for him. Just just commenting. Um, yeah. Who did you have? Um, I th- I don't know if this is a typecast or not. He was also in the Minority Report TV show. Oh. Yes. I think I remember reading that somewhere. Um, I don't know how much of a typecast... Actually, I've typecasted a few people in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um... But if you kind of want a weird-looking guy that kind of can play weird, you go with Sean Gunn. Okay. And I just think he could bring that energy of, like... God, he played the same character. Did he actually? Yeah. Wow. They really went went out for that. So is that a sequel, then? The Minority Report TV show? I don't think so. I think it's just a retelling. Unless he's actually playing Wally. 
He is. It says Wally the Caretaker. Oh, maybe they just got him back. Yeah, weird. I don't know. But yeah, Sean Gunn. I feel like if you want to kind of go the weird... Borderline creepy is how I want to put it. Because he's like super obsessed with these. He gets a, it, that last part when they're putting Agatha back. He gets a little weird. It gets, but then he's know. like brushing her teeth, and it's but, just but like, like if they're drugged out, you'd have to do that anyway. I know. But like it's the way he's talking about and talking to her. It's like, yeah. ooh, this is a little weird now. And that's why I think Sean Gunn. Not saying Sean Gunn's weird. He's a great actor, by the way. He but, is also weird. But he is weird. <laughs> and like the way he plays Guardians. I can't remember the name. The Crab second? One? Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. Like, the way he plays that is kind of like the eccentric kind of sidekick, and that's what I want. Okay. What'd you want? Um, tell me what you want, what you really, really want for I'll Wally. I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. For Wally? For Wally. <laughs> for Wally. Um, I'm, I'm just going by look here. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, totally. I'll take some rum. Um... What I kind of went with was more of a look. Mm. Um, <laughs> no, he's driving. <laughs> also very tired, and it would kill um, me. Is I went with Alex Wolf. He was the main the main guy in Hereditary, but you would know him from Jumanji as the main dude who gets the who gets is the rock. Who's the Brock? So Dwayne Johnson? No, Dwayne no, Johnson. But like, no, I know he's the, the kid, the, the little nerdy kid. That, yeah. yeah. Um, so oh, is, he, is he the Rock? No, he's not. He is in the first one. He is, and then in the second one, no, Danny I think he, he's the one who's lost in the game in the first one. No, that's Jonas. Yeah, isn't that the character you, I'm thinking of? Who you? Th- who are you? Thinking I know of? the actor I'm thinking of. I just don't remember the Jumanji movie. Uh, that well. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's the one that. Yeah, he's the one that plays um, the Rock. Is he? Yeah. Okay. And he played uh, Danny DeVito's uh, sure, grandson. What, whatever. He played Spencer. Okay. God, get right. Who was the one who went missing in the game in the first one? Then that was um, one of the Jonas Brothers. No, but I it know all... it was one of the Jonas Brothers. I'm looking Nick Jonas. Oh no! It was Alex, somebody from a long time ago, and it ended up being Tom Hanks' son. Yes, that's what it was. That's why I'm getting confused. I'm so confused now. Yeah. You're thinking of Tom Hanks' son? No, but don't worry about it. Okay, Alex Wolf. Let's Alex let's Wolf. talk about him because we've got. Really I think confused. he's a really good actor. I think as much as I will never watch Hereditary again because mm. fuck that movie, it's too scary. Wow. <laughs> um. I um I, will I think never watch every, that movie. everybody in that movie did a top notch job. And yeah. If you at all like horror movies, that's a movie you have to see. Yeah, no. I'm good. Yeah. So. But he was great in Jumanji too. Mm-hmm. Even though he wasn't really in it for a long time. Yeah. Which is kinda of funny. Because yeah, it's just in at the beginning and the end. Yeah. And then it's just the rock playing you. Okay. Okay. Next, we have not, 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 not Patrick Kilpatrick. Patrick Kilpatrick. What is he known for? Uh, hold on, hold oh, on. Oh, oh, What's hold he on. known for? Gotta oh. find his butt in this stupid thing. I know he's no more closer to the top, which is weird. Patrick Kilpatrick. I think it's done by, like, either Cat. on screen or whatever. But yeah, mm, possibly. Well, he's in. Uh... Oh, he was in Eraser. Yeah. Sorry, I pulled him up. So we can't play the, can you guess what he's known for? No. 
I have no idea. And He's in a lot of crap. Really bad Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis. Last Man Standing. We're not talking about Bruce Willis. No, no. We're the Last Man about, Standing from 96 Burn was Man. one of the first movies that I remember watching and going, not only is this bad, I knew that before, mm-hmm. but I remember seeing sitting there going, there's a mistake in this movie. It's the first movie I remember finding a mistake in because he has two guns in the movie and he shoots both of them, only reloads one of them, and then keeps shooting. And I'm like... I remember sitting there with my parents watching this terrible movie and going, what? <laughs> and then talking about it. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah. Uh, he was in a lot of shows. Like, he's a, oh, yeah. He's got to be like, he I'm does. guessing he's just like one of those. A lot I'm of credits the, to his name. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing he's just a bruiser in a lot of stuff. Most likely. So this is my only actor that is only going to be in the animated version because as much as a tough guy as he is with his voice, mm-hmm. I don't. He's also an older gentleman who really couldn't do the action of this part very well. Um, but I picked Steve Bloom. Okay. You know him. He has been in so many things. Um, he was also the 97 Wolverine, or the 96 mm-hmm. Wolverine in the X-Men show. Like, I was gonna start yelling Gene again, but then I was like, "That's, hey, he, that's the he voice." He does well. He does yell Gene, but it's more. But like, Scott and if Gene. you know that voice, you yeah. hear him in every anime you'll All watch, right, or like Gosh. tons and tons of video games. Like he is always that gruff, you know, <laughs> d bag that you know he is on the team that either you know is just always an antagonist, antagonistic to the main character just because he's a dick or whatever, yeah. or whatever. And he's really, really good at it. So yeah, Steve Bloom. Could you have? Uh, once again, typecasting comes into play. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Marvel Universe. I have, I have a couple of them on my list, too. You can't but, avoid it anymore. But They're uh, too big. But not the MCU <laughs> yet. Um, it's all the Marvel Universe. Oh, it is now. <laughs> Crap. It's all part of it. Um, but I went with Ed Screen. Francis? Okay. <laughs> I like that you didn't go Ajax. You went Francis because everyone knows him as Francis. Yeah. Have you seen Francis? <laughs> Where's Francis? See, um, the, the funniest thing to me about that whole scene is none of them know him as Francis. Yes. Which means that he's looking for a person that they don't know who he is, so they can't answer him. Yeah, they're just like, <laughs> we don't know who you're looking for. He never says Ajax. Um, he was also played Zapan. Zapan? In Alita? The yes. bad guy in Alita. He was also originally in... Game of Thrones. He yeah. was the mercenary leader until he decided to leave to go do a, I think, transporter movie, which was a bad mistake for him. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, but he plays the... Dick? Yeah. I was going to say the douchebag, but yeah. he plays the dick really well. Yeah. Um, Ajax is just a dick. Yeah. But he's great like that. And I think you kind of want him to be that guy on the team because you want somebody that's going to be like... You need someone who's immediately going to be like, no, you're yeah. guilty. Yeah, you're guilty. We're taking it down. Like, yeah. again, it's almost a, a religious thing to them at yeah. this point. It's like, nope, word of God it was said, you're guilty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Ed Screen. I kind of like the I kind of like the leaning into the religious part of it I mean, more. You it's can. I'm, I'm seeing it differently in my head now. Because like you it. can see them as, like, the Trinity? No. But not the Father, it's the Mother? <laughs> the Mother, the Son, and the Holy Ghost? Yeah. One of them is just see-through, Aww. floating through walls. <laughs> This How is so it? weird, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He totally could, by the way, but yeah. we won't get into 
religion too much. Mr. Neil McDuh. Dunna? McDonough. Um, oh, another incredibly, him. incredibly... Um, talented. talented don't say prolific. I was trying not to. <laughs> talented character actor who is in so A many things. A lot of things. Uh, he has been in 134 different things. Um, yeah. The Flash, he was Damien Dark in that whole um, Arrow Universe thing. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently the Van Helsing TV series he was in, the 100 TV series, Project Blue Book TV series. <laughs> oh yeah, he's in a lot of TV um, shows. Altered Carbon for a little while. Mm-hmm. like uh, Suits, uh, Yellowstone, I remember him being in that. Yeah, this, this guy... Oh, he was in Captain America. Yeah, he's um, the guy with the yeah bowler hat. Dum Dum Dugan. Yeah. yeah. He was in Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. The What If? Oh yeah, he's he played in the What If. Yeah, he's Dum Dum Dugan. Yeah, yeah. I just <laughs> look that up. Oh, he was in the Sonic movie too. Yeah, God, this guy's been in everything. See, <laughs> my goodness. And but the thing is, he I don't think he um cares. No. I think he is definitely one of those people who's like, you're giving me a role. I'll take it. Yeah. Because some of these movies are just like, eh. They're... Well, even the Sonic one you just talked about. I think yeah. he's the military officer for like two minutes and then yeah. he's out. Like. <laughs> you want somebody in it? We're going to show you yeah. this guy. So. Is it me? Oh, it is me. Yeah. It is you. So. <laughs> maybe maybe influenced by the recent showing of something. Um, I went with Oscar Isaacs. Ah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Who did you pick for your top person? (laughs) Like, if you're going so big for your sidekick. (laughs) I always go big. (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah. I I did go a little bigger. But um, there's some big names coming up, too. But I wanted somebody that, like I said, is the second in command. Mm -hmm. The friend knows John well enough, but wants to help him. And kind of starts to question it as they go along. Yeah. And then that's why you get to the end where it's like, he know, he's going to help Lara, 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 whatever. Um, free John so that they can kind of prove that Lamar killed somebody. And tried to get away with it. What? Nothing. Just looking at my own person, I didn't realize they were in a movie I like. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah, Oscar Isaacs is great. And he can play innocence and he can play hard you know he doesn't have an s at the end of his name right oscar isaac (laughs) no i know i don't even have it i just like saying isaacs (laughs) lots of people do i know it's just one of those things i know i say it too sometimes and i catch myself no it's isaac isaac yeah and he's great he is amazing who'd you have okay i went with one of the toughest ladies that has ever played a disney princess and i picked ming na You're just trying to get it on her good side. <laughs> I want that heart. No. <laughs> I got the heart. Um, but no matter what, every time I see her in something, I'm excited because she is so good. And even if it's a voice actress, she's always amazing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Dr. Aki Ross. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that's sto- that's going to be a great story, okay? <laughs> Can you sign my VHS? Isn't it 2022? Yeah. Who the hell has a VHS? <laughs> it was in good condition, too. Yeah, it's in it great was. condition. Okay. Which, next That's time... That's who I picked. 
she's amazing. I don't. We've talked about her before, so because yeah. we've re- we've literally did a movie where she was two movies where she was one of the stars in it. So we've talked about how we feel about being known yes. for her before. So she is great. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next is Mr. Lamar Burgess. Mr. Lamar Burgess, yeah. played by Max von Sydow. So bad guy. Yeah. If you want a bad guy in this era, <laughs> you'll get Max. <laughs> Particularly if he has some sort of accent. Mm-hmm. He uh, unfortunately died in March 8th, on March 8th in 2020. Hmm. Yeah. In France. Yeah. Is, is he the guy in that movie with the chess? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, where he plays chess with the devil, or the with death? Uh, you're talking about the seventh seal? Yeah. I think he might have been. Good God, he is old. I did not realize how old he was. He is like super old. And I also didn't realize he did a bunch of Swedish movies. He died in ninety. Yeah, so he probably was in the Seventh Seal. But that would have been like nineteen. Oh my goodness! I want to say I don't see it on his IMDb. Okay, well you're. Oh no, I'm wrong. It's right there. Nineteen fifty-seven, the Seventh Seal. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one where he plays. Yeah. Well, he doesn't. He. A knight returning to Sweden after the crusade seeks answers about his life, death, and the existence of God. As he plays chess against the Grim Reaper during the Black Plague. Mm-hmm. I've seen that movie, actually. Yeah. It's one of the ones I always say we should try to redo at some point. Yeah. I think if we ever do a black and white month, that's one of the things we should do. Yeah. Anyway. Who did you... It's my go, no? It's your go. Yes. Um... Sure. Um... Well, I'm just trying to... Re- re- well, I have a justification for this, but I really don't. Um... I went with Paul Bettany. I think he's a really good bad guy when he gets to be a bad guy. Um, I think he was a little too much over the top in uh, Solo. But uh, I do think he's good. And Lamar isn't a bad, bad guy. Like, he's not, like, twirling his mustache bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but he is he is a really talented actor, and I think you can get him to play that twist better than Max did. I think Max did a poor job not looking like a bad guy the whole movie. <laughs> Uh, Come in, we'll protect you. Oh God, he's gonna kill the guy, isn't he? Yeah, like should be that on the phone. Just like you're gonna kill me, aren't you? <laughs> what? <laughs> I hear you cocking what? a gun. <laughs> Why are you loading that? So. Why did I give a loaded gun to this guy? <laughs> Why didn't we take the bullets out? <laughs> this is the gun he used. Why does it have ammunition? <laughs> you deserve to be shot, Danny. Yeah. Anyway, I picked him. Who did you pick? Okay. I don't know why I went with this. Maybe maybe it's just because whatnot. I wanted somebody that can play the good guy really well, but you want to see maybe be an asshole. I want Kevin Costner. <laughs> I don't know why. Hey, I, 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 I still say no matter what, one of the best movies he ever did where he was a, and it was he, him as a serial killer and Mr. Mm-hmm. Brooks. That yeah. is such a well-done film. Well, and everyone loves him in Yellowstone. Well, maybe yeah. they don't yell, love him, but... Yeah, and he's pretty he's much a good. bad guy in that. Yeah. That movie is not about good people. <laughs> that show is not about good people. But I wanted somebody that was, like, the politician-looking. Like, he's trying to really play that game, mm-hmm. and but he's really in the public image, and he's, like, out there, and, like, precogs are great and all this, but I just, like, you look at Kevin Costner, and you go, yeah, he can turn evil really quickly. Yeah. And you can kind of see it, so that's... He's good white-collar evil. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's what I'm... Because I kind of want that dystopian ending. That's kind of what I want. Yeah. 
like here we go like this is the next i like it so yeah kevin costner okay we're not going to talk about the movies we already did with kevin costner but <laughs> which one the bodyguard tin cup oh that one too <laughs> It's such a bad movie. That's what I meant. We're Jesus. Gonna... Bodyguard was good. What are you talking about? Uh, Bodyguard was decent. There she is. Uh, okay, next on our list. Agatha. Agatha, played by Samantha Morton. Who changes her hair very often. Does she? I don't know. That was one of the fun facts about her. Okay. Um, what is she known for? This movie? You are not going to get any of these. Oh, no. I'm never going to get them. Um, <laughs> the Messenger? Cosmopolis? And Schenectady, New York? New York? <laughs> How do you even say... No, I give up. Uh, she was apparently in The Walking Dead, though. Yeah. She looks like the one. She looks like she was the leader of the Whispers. She was Alpha, so I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, I she was in Fantastic she... Beasts. Was she? Yeah. As Mary Lou. Wow. One of the, I think. I'm sorry. We're going through her. Yeah. She was in John Carter. My, there's not a lot of these movies that I recognize her no. from. No. But yeah. I think if you were to say, do you know her? I'd be like. Oh God. She was the super religious one who was raising Ezra Miller. In what? In Fantastic Beasts. Oh, she was the asshole mom. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, there we go. I liked her in this. I think I think she does. She goes way over the top. I think like the part of the, where she's. I love the acting when she does, when she's describing what Sean would be like. Mm-hmm. I love that part, and then it just gets completely ruined by her screaming run, run in his face, like, which didn't make sense to me because she can see the future and she tells him to run, but he doesn't get that far. Well, he also doesn't like. They could have just heard them. Like, she does not see that coming very fast. No. Like, she, his, his ex-wife could have looked out the window at any moment yeah. and been like, oh, yeah, they're over there. I can see them. <laughs> Are those birds? <laughs> nope, they're coming. You better yeah. get out of here. Like, I know they normally don't get a lot of time, but, like, yeah. I just, I think, and that's, like, another reason why I don't want them being super drugged out. Mm-hmm. I kind of wouldn't mind them not knowing social cues. Because obviously they're, you know, just grabbing yeah. people. And but I will tell you one thing I really liked about this, and I think Steven Spielberg did this because of obvious reasons why he was wanting Tom Cruise to get back with his ex-wife. Is there's no romantic thing between him and Agatha? No, which is great. And I because like that. they they do that in so many movies, and it's kind of weird and creepy. But I like the <laughs> fact that, like, he doesn't he views her. He views I mean, her as an object. He views her as an object. And even later on, like even further down the track, because he's still like, I just want my minority report. Where's my report? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, I don't have one, do I? And then it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. We should talk about that, actually. I really, really enjoy Tom Cruise's acting in the scene with Crow. Yes. I think his wild eyes and his pain is really, really well projected. Um, and like, and that the fact is... that he stops and he's just like... You have the right to remain silent. And he does it in like a whisper to start. Yeah. And you're yeah. just like, oh shit, this yeah. guy and is... And I, th- I think, like as much as Tom Cruise is a good actor, he's not a great actor. We love him for what he can do and what he is. And we will always love the Mission Impossible films. I was right? excited. We always love him in Tropic Thunder, so... And that too. I but do like, love him in Tropic Thunder. You know, he's never going to stand up there on the shoulders of Daniel Day-Lewis. No. 
Right. I don't think anybody will because but, Daniel will be like, I'm going out to build myself but, an 18th century hut. But you know what I mean, right? Like him, Leonardo DiCaprio, like they're not really in the same league. Um, but I think Spielberg can get these these emotions out of people. And I think he mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons I think he's such a great director is what he does with his actors. Yeah. Um, there's one story that Nathan Fillion talks about and tells about Spielberg when they worked on Saving Private Ryan. Because Nathan Fillion played the original Private Ryan mm-hmm. in the movie where they first they first find him. And he's like, how did my brothers die in grammar school? Mm-hmm. Right. And Nathan Fillion tells the story that how he couldn't cry. He was not a very seasoned actor at the time. And he was having a real hard time crying during that scene. And so Stephen pulled him off and he still won't tell the story. He said, pulled him off. He told him something. This is what you need to think about. Think about this. And he went back and just did it. And it was just like, this is the, it was the perfect amount of direction that I needed to get mm-hmm. my job done. And I think that's one of the reasons why Steven is so good. That mm-hmm. and his shot composition, but oh. yeah. Anyway. Anyways. Samantha Morton. Who'd you have? I or had. Me? No, it's you. All my top four are all Marvel people, by the way. Are all, okay. <laughs> Just because you brought it up earlier. <laughs> um, I picked Aaron Kellyman. Who was the head flag smasher in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. She was also in Solo. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she... she the red hair. The red hair. Yeah. I think she did a super good job in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Obviously, they cut a lot of that show out, which made it not so great, but whatever. I think her acting in that was really, really well done. Yeah. Um, and I just think they need to get... They need to stop... Movies need to stop going like, hey, this is happening in the world, so we should cut this part out of a movie. It's like... Mm, yeah. I think movies are okay with... You know, people are okay with movies being fantasy, but anyway, I think she'd do a great job in the story. Hmm. Yeah. Who'd you have? I went more, well, I went more for her, her kind of unique look. So I went with uh, Ella Fanning. L. L? Sorry. Well, it's E-L-L-E. You always want to say like L-E? Except even the magazine L? that's spelled that way is just L. Shh. <laughs> Anyways... She you, is, you didn't learn French, did you? No. That's her. I know, but L... <laughs> it's the uh, female version of they, I think. That's les. Then it's something else, but yeah. Les and la. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway. L. Um, so L Fanning. L Fanning. Because um, she has that innocent look to her. Cause, um, Are you still going to have the shaved head and... Yeah. Well, that's or that's short, like mm. super short hair. Um but her face it, itself has that real innocence to her, which is what I want from them. Because, yeah, basically, let's put it, as you said, they're slaves in this. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a choice. No. They're just kind of doped up and left in this tank to see mm-hmm. the visions, horrifying visions all the time. So I wanted somebody that would play that off really well and just be, like, devastated by seeing all this stuff all the time. But, like, they don't really let them feel it okay but yeah oh sounds good okay next danny whitware mr uh mr whitware mr irishman colin farrell the penguin himself mm-hmm. i always forget he's the penguin what which is, is gr- which is actually a pretty good thing what is colin farrell known for phone booth Yes. Did I get it? Oh, I got it. <laughs> you got one. <laughs> um, 
Colin Farrell. You, you'll, you might know two more, but you're not going to know the third. Hmm. Take a movie. Quiet. This is a podcast. They can't just hear silence. I know. I can't. I'm, I'm trying to think of Colin Farrell movies, and for some reason now they won't come to my brain. Is he known for Daredevil? No. Come God, on. God, no. Why is he not known? He's Bullseye. So he's known for SWAT. Damn it. Should have got that. Um, in Bruges, which is a great, oh, yeah. great comedy. Um, and The Lobster. Oh, yeah, The Lobster. But that's, that's the one I didn't think you'd get. No. Yeah. I always forget about In Bruges. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that. It was good. But it's also a dark comedy. Ray Fiennes is so unbelievably funny in that movie. Yeah. He's the their boss. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. He did Phone Booth in 2002 as well. Same year as this. Yeah. Interesting. The only thing I remember really about Phone Booth is because of the way the film is, they were able to shoot it in sequence. Yeah. Because it was just one shot, basically, right? Just him in the phone booth. Yeah. I think that movie was really, really well done. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. I guess it's me. I guess it is. Um, I just realized that my two next two people are all both Marvel people. <laughs> uh, I went with uh, Simu Lee. Simu? Simu Lee? Simu. Simu. Sean or Shang? Yeah. You change your name from Sean to Sean? Sean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I wanted somebody that... So this is going to sound a little weird. Originally, I was going to go with Elliot Page. Okay. uh, But then I wanted somebody who was going to be able to physically match. Not that... Couldn't, but my... Because Elliot's tiny? Yeah. (laughs) I wasn't going to be able to stand up against my John. Literally? Uh, Probably, yeah. Not... Um, Though Tom Cruise is pretty short. I know. But tell's Colin Farrell. He's not super tall. No. Um, but then I was like, I, I want somebody that kind of could play the the opposite of Lamar. You think they're a dick, but they are actually good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what this character is. It's You think, oh, they're just trying to well, be, is, take over. He's he trying is. to take over John's job. It's just... But he's also he's, proving that John's... He, but he wants to do the right thing. Yes. Like, no matter what, he's he's in it for the justice of the thing, mm-hmm. not... And right. I want him to be way more aware of... Because like, that's the scene where it just drives me crazy that he just brings Lamar to the their apartment. I think he should I, just be there and Lamar should come in. That's what I think, too. And then he should be like, oh, we're thinking this, hey, this, what are this. you doing here? <laughs> and then it should just kind of bang, devolve bang, bang. from there. And then yeah. it's just like, yeah, boom, you're dead. You're dead. Boom. Headshot. <laughs> so, Simu. Okay. Plus, he's a... Yeah, I like his... I like him. He's a good guy. He's Canadian. He is. Okay. Um, I had... Tijana Paris. She's Spectre in WandaVision. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, I was looking her up, and she was also in the remake of Candyman. And I didn't realize that, even though now that I say it, I'm like, oh, yeah, she totally was. I still haven't watched the remake. That movie is so well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she was she was great. I recently rewatched WandaVision, which is probably why I picked Paul Bettany and her. Um, but, yeah, she is such an amazing actress, and I really, really cannot wait for her to be miss or uh, the marvels in, in the marvels movie yeah it's gonna be her awesome seeing her and carol interact after all the shit that has gone in along on in her life and carol not been there for so way to go carol yeah. god so. and miss marvel's gonna show out 
Mm-hmm. And then Doctor Strange is going to pop up. Okay. Which we won't talk about because spoilers. Next, John Anderton. And you're just ignoring me now. Played by Mr. Tom Cruise. What? Mr. Straight Teeth. Tom oh, God. Cruise. Get out. Get out. <laughs> um, Mission Impossible. Mission Impossible. Gotta love Mission Impossible. No, oh, I'm trying to guess what he's the top oh. four he's known for. Okay, yes. What are the other three? They are all very big movies. Uh, you might not get one of them. Okay, so definitely Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd be known for World of the, for War of the Worlds. One of them was an Oscar winner. Uh, Not for him, obviously. Vanilla Sky? No. Is that an actual guess? Yes. No. Um, Vanilla Sky didn't win the Oscars. No. I don't know. Jerry Maguire? Yes. Okay. That's the Oscar yes. winner. Because you got to love the Cuban Gooding Jr.'s acceptance speech. Yeah. And the other two? Tropic, Come on. Tropic Thunder. No. Why is he not known for Tropic Thunder? <laughs> Come on. What Tom Cruise movie is coming out in like two weeks? Or a week? Oh, oh. Top Gun. There you go. God damn it. I was like, Mission Impossible is not coming and out. And The Last Samurai. He's known for The Last Samurai? Last Samurai is actually a really good movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. He is... He is announced for a live, die, repeat, and repeat movie. Which is a poorly marketed but good movie. Yes. Um, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2. Okay, meh. Um, And then an untitled Tom Cruise SpaceX project. Oh. So, anyway. Oh, that reminds me. We got to talk about it later. Okay. So. Not that. Just... A movie that's coming out we need to talk about later okay. that you sent me. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need to talk to somebody about this. Sure. Okay. <sighs> you do. It's I'm last. Me. Speaking of Marvel, there's no... Um, uh, God damn it. I had a really good saying and I lost it and now I'm looking like a fool. Yeah. Just say who you picked. I ended up picking Anthony Mackie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um... There's no shortage. There we go. A very charming man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, and I wanted one who was more of a every man kind of guy. And I think Falcon kind of embodies that more than yeah. most. Um, well, he's not a super soldier. He's just a guy in a suit. That's kind of what it is. Yeah. He's also not a genius. He's just a soldier and blah, blah, blah. So, um, and Tony Stark built all his stuff. But now Tony's gone. In a cave. With a box of scraps. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think Anthony Mackie is great. I think he um, is really, really good. And I cannot wait for seeing him more as Captain America. Mm-hmm. So Spoilers. Not really. <laughs> Spoilers. Who did you have? Well, I didn't go for quite the everyday man. I wanted the down-on-his-luck kind of guy that still does his job like he's dedicated to it but then you're still playing on the whole he's a drug addict as well we never really talk about whether or not we're we're keeping that side of the story i kind of am yeah but i'm keeping it as the fact like he is he is the poster child for the pre-crime division Mm -hmm. right i'd rather make it like not drugs but like just alcohol i wouldn't mind it just being some sort of legal thing but he is obviously legal. He is obviously drowning his sorrows in something. Yes. Yeah. Something that's not going to like 
affect his ability to perform at work. I, I think what it should be, it should be socially unacceptable, but not illegal. Hmm. So, anyway, here's continue. Um, and so, you know, if you're going to go that, that way and you're going to play somebody that can be really involved into it and t- play the detective, but also play this, like, kind of messed up character on the back side, you go for Tom Hardy. Okay. Because I love Tom Hardy. <laughs> kind of Marvel. Hmm? Kind of Marvel. Yeah, he's in there. He was in, uh, he was in Spider-Man. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that one's been out long enough. Okay. Okay. But yeah, Tom Hardy, I think, would would play this role. And I wanted somebody that would, here's the thing. I don't want beefed up Tom Hardy. I think we've talked about this before. You want Nemesis Tom Hardy? Sure. The Star Trek movie? Yes. Wasn't that like one of his first roles? <laughs> it was pretty early in his career where he played a young Picard. Yes. Well, a clone of a young Picard. Yeah. But, yeah. No, more, more like exp- Inception Tom Hardy, by the way. I love how they explain why he doesn't look like Patrick Stewart. <laughs> because because he that. grew up on like a prison planet because oh. he was abandoned. Yep. And so his face has been rearranged by people hitting it so much because he was a human and they didn't like humans. He's like, that's why I look different. Didn't you? Like, you didn't need to put that in. He's also 30 years younger. It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. It was an overwritten movie. Yeah. I don't remember that one. It's fine. It wasn't that great. No. <laughs> anyway. Okay. That's All it. Right. That's, that's it for it. Minority Report. Minority Report. Yay. Okay. Good old Minority Report. Cool. So, hey, where can they find you, Chris? Uh, you can find me at the Canuck Comic Guy store on Etsy, as well as on Instagram under the same name. You can find our podcast on all podcast services, Apple, Google Play, Spotify. Yep. Oh, yeah, we're on Spotify. Yeah, we are. I never listen to us on there, but <laughs> we're on there. Sure, Daniel listens to us. You can find us. If you can't find us, then how'd you listen to us? Yeah. Um, reach out to us let us know what you want to hear please, please if you like our uh our podcast if you don't well keep it to yourself no reach out no any, any kind of interaction would be nice at this point some constructive criticism <laughs> be like you guys suck at just saying people's names yeah I, mean, I did not get enough sleep so my slurring my speeches this time um hey where can they find danielle uh you guys can find danielle at fiona beer on instagram Ooh, fancy yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah, we're we're moving, on. we're moving on. We're moving on to the inspiration for Metal Gear. <laughs> sort of, sort of. But uh, yeah, so from all of us here at Recasted, go watch Escape from New York.